Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Good morning and welcome back to another Wednesday edition of Edgework with our Red Hawk crew, Dave Pignotta, Dennis Bernstein of the fourth period. Good morning, boys. Uh, Dave, you were at a fantastic game, not so much for management, not so much for coaches, but us fans were loving that Blues and Leafs game yesterday. Just a lot of fun at Scotiabank Arena. Uh, just talk about that game because I want to get into a few things here. Austin Matthews setting the record. William Nylander maybe could have could be putting uh, together the best performance of any Leaf this year, uh, and also talk about the yeah. goaltending. But just the vibe yesterday, like that was a fun game. It was, it was. We were talking off air here. I, I've been to most of the Leafs' home games so far this season. They haven't been that great. Like, yeah, they're winning, but the games haven't been overly entertaining. There's always lulls. This game last night between St. Louis and Toronto, that was an exciting game. There was a lot of back and forth. A lot of surprises right out of the gate when Brandon Saad opened the scoring for the Blues. Second period was nuts back and forth. The overtime period was a lot of fun. Um, and then, of course, you get, a, you get a pretty cool shootout with a lot of back and forth. So, I mean, like in terms of entertainment, that game was entertaining. And you can see it in the crowd. Sometimes in Toronto, it takes a while for the crowd to realize they're at a hockey game. And <laughs> last night, they were they were engaged, which was which was nice. But yeah, Matthews putting up 500 points now on this uh, of his career. Fastest leave to do that. Mitch Marner's right behind him. I think he's two back now. Um, so you've got you've got that. You've got them uh, being in a position where, you know, I didn't think it was going to be a trap game because, I mean, St. Louis overall has been up and down and they're still pretty good even without Tarasenko and O'Reilly. But I didn't expect St. Louis to come out as, as hard as they really did in that game. Um, which shows to me that they still have a lot of bite left in the season, even without those two guys. So, I mean, they're not just going to roll over. But from Toronto's side of things, uh, they managed to pick up a point. It was a gritty performance by them um, in a game they probably should have handled better. But overall, hell of a game. A classic Leafs games for sure. Uh, DB, the shorthanded goal by Saad early in the first. Um, yeah. And I know you love your period overs. Are you a fan of the five, four, uh, five forward power play, or is it not your thing? How does how do, how does that work for you? Well, if you don't have a great quarterback, I'm good. I'm I'm good with it. It's like it's like yeah. a football team. You're never going to win without a great quarterback. So five four, yeah, there's some risk involved. It's about managing risk, and I think that certain coaches will take the risk on five forwards, and sometimes this happens. So yeah, no problem with it at all. Uh, yeah, just no problem with it at all. I mean, if you have a Cal McCarr, you can play four forwards in defense, but other than that. There's a handful of players that you could say, like, uh, let's hang in Pittsburgh, same thing. But unless it's a dedicated guy that you know can just produce points, no problem with five forwards. Be aggressive. I'm all for aggressiveness in this game. It works for the overs for sure. Uh, let's talk about Austin Matthews. In my opinion, pound for pound could be the best leaf ever, like in terms of talent at this point. Uh, legacy, obviously, we'll see uh, because, you know, we had some teams back in the day that had the Cups. Uh, even some of the best Leafs of all time did not win the Cup. Dave, on your yep. top rankings of all time in terms of Leaf players, where does he rank? 
Um, well, he's, he has to be up there. I, I, I mean, I'm trying to think. You, you got Sittler up there. You got Doug Gilmore up there. I mean, you know, even even Dougie, like he wasn't here a long time. Like he he was the years that he was here, he he was ridiculously impactful, obviously. And you know, the early '90s when when he came in, um, the '93 run. I mean, he's probably battling one. I mean, depending on how much more Austin goes, and I think he's going to stick around. I don't know if it'll be an eight-year extension, but maybe in the five-year range, um, unless they cough up a ton. But um, I, I think he's going to stick around at least for one more contract and see how things kind of roll out because he does like it here. Um, but depending on how much longevity he's got with this organization, I mean, he's making it a pretty easy argument to put him at the top. Again, you've got Gilmore, you've got Daryl Sittler, um, you know, we, th- there were a ton of guys that played here back in the day. You, Frank Mahovlich was here for a stretch, obviously. Of course, Salming um, on, on the back end as well. Wendell Clark's always going to be up there from a fan favorite side of things, along with what he brings um, or what he brought from, from a physicality perspective. So there are a lot of good and great players that played for this organization. And I know I'm missing a bunch, especially from, you know, way back in the day. But I, I think Austin definitely has the potential to be up there in a automatic top three. Like if you're thinking about it, you're going, he's got to be three. Who's up there with him? Sittler, Gilmore, like that kind of vibe. Uh, I think he's got that, that legacy in him if he can keep this going. And I mean, he's not really showing any signs of slowing down. Yeah. He scores in spurts sometimes, but overall now with 501 points on his career, early career, um, this, he's got the potential to, really make the argument to be the best ever. Well, I'd see, I don't think you can put any of those guys you mentioned at the top because they never won. You got to go well, back to prior to 67 and put one of those guys at the top. And I know numbers are great and all those Keon. Yeah, Keon. Yeah, un- un- until you win a cup, you can't be the great – for a franchise that actually has won a cup, even though no, yeah. you were alive when it happened. Like, you can't put that person at the top. I'd go back to the to the pre-67 days and pick out the best person there and say, all right, well, this person's actually won a game and won a cup in Toronto. I think that's a big – that's a big part of legacy. When you don't want to talk about legacy, it's Austin Matthews want to be Jerome McGinley. Never won a cup. Like, I don't know. And so until that, I'm not really annoyed any of these. And I'm not like the hard, hardcore loose follower, but – Yeah. Fair enough. And them Gilmore's and them Salmi's and all of the other ones of, of like the, this, you know, post 67 generation that's never won a cup. Now let's talk about this year's Leafs team. Um, would, <laughs> would you say that William Nylander has been the best Leaf this year? He leads them in goals and points. He seems to be that driving factor DB. I know Dave probably watches more Leaf games than you, yeah. but I want to get your take here first because you know, for a team where we talk about all their stars and we talk about a guy with an expiring contract and some other expiring contracts coming up, what is this team going to do? William Nylander might be pricing himself out of Toronto because a lot of people are saying he's been their best player this year. Yeah, well, that's the second time people have said he's pricing himself out of Toronto. He's been – look, Marta had that long streak, so you could put him – he's at the – he's in the conversation for best leave. Is he the best leave? No. Is he the most productive leave this season? I think so because he scores impactful goals. When yeah. a big goal has been scored in a game, and then there's the game when like momentum shifting goals, it's been William Nylander. When every time I look up, I say, okay, well, that was a big goal. It wasn't a goal in a 7-2 game. Uh, not that they're playing 7-2 games anymore, but I, I, Zach, yeah, he's he's clearly part of this core. 
The question is, Dave, can you afford to keep him as part of your core? Because he is produced in a market for a team that it's, it's tough to do. I, I credit yeah. all these guys from the big numbers in this market because it's, it's a difficult, it's not an easy job. It's, it's, it's hard to score in the NHL. It's harder for a team like this with all the media pressure and intense scrutiny about them every day, Dave. And he's done a really good job in pushing that aside. I think Austin has as well. He doesn't get criticized as much um, as as Nylander or or Mitch. But and and I feel for Marner. I really do because he has one bad game and everybody poops all over him here in, in this market. But he, all three of these guys are on pace for ninety plus points. Um, and you know, for Nylander, he's the Leafs are fortunate that he's got one more year left on his contract in a sense that they don't have to, they don't have to cough up the dough right now. I mean, they're not as fortunate because Austin's contract expires at the same time. Um, And you're probably looking at between 13 and 15 million a year for Austin Matthews on his next deal, depending on what that term is going to be. And then you're looking at Willie and you're going, okay, well, how the hell are they going to pull that off and then sign him to, nine eight nine I mean if he keeps this up if he has 90 plus points this year and then does it again next season might even be looking at 10 plus like I don't know how they pull that off unless the cap just totally spikes and and that that could be their saving grace unless they make some other moves or or whatnot but the other fortunate part is they don't have to worry about that right now they can focus on it in the summer and then figure out what direction they want to go in that's a future Kyle Dubas problem to deal with in about six months. But um, look, if you're Toronto, you're riding this right now. I, th- I think they're going to make some additions by the deadline, not just one. I think there's going to be a couple here. But, um, hey, you you ride this as much as you can. And if all three guys are rolling and you can add some tangible pieces to this lineup, dare I say they might actually get out of the first round. Yeah, and Zach, just on his I don't think Zach's like that. I don't think he's impressed. Oh, maybe. (laughs) I think what it's trending towards, though, is like if they do keep him and he keeps producing, then the the day of the four to five million dollar player on the Leafs, that's going away. Yeah. It's going to be the core guys, and you're going to have guys that are going to have to come in at two, two and a half, one and a half million dollars. That's what's going to happen. So, the, the middle, so you know what's going to happen? What's happening in Edmonton, right? That they yep. don't have the they don't have the money to go get depth, and so if they want to go bet, make another big bet like this, there, there's going to be repercussions. Unless Dave's right, unless it goes to 95 million, all of a sudden it won't. Like there's going to have to be an organizational decision made to keep that player who's a winger who's really not a dominant player and pay him a lot of money, or you're going to have to sacrifice a couple of four or five million dollar players. You won't see that in the roster anymore in a couple of seasons. They have. Just quickly, they have nine players on their active roster who are going to be unrestricted free agents this summer. So they have an opportunity this summer to augment the lineup a little bit, get some key pieces. I'm sure they're going to go bargain hunting again in the bottom six and whatnot. But there, there is an opportunity, especially if their young kids come up and earn roster spots and gives them an extra year, two years, maybe even three on their entry-level deals. They may get lucky, but again... I mean, that's something that the team, yeah, they're talking about internally, but they're not focused on that because they got to focus on doing some damage this season in the playoffs. And they're looking good. But again, so far, really good regular yeah. season. One last for me, Zach. I think if they don't win this season, think of all the pressure next season. If they don't sign either Nylander 
or or Austin, and they're playing on the last year of their deal, then they got to win next year, right? Because then you're thinking, okay, they, the core's going to be brought up. So it'd be nice to win the season because next season with these two guys in their walk years, how much prep, like how you think the media is bad now? Like what's going to happen? What's going to happen to this team? Oh, they lost a game. Willie and Austin going to walk away. It's, it's going to be a huge amount, as much pressure as there are on this team every year to try to win. Next season is going to be, wow, off the chart if they don't sign these two guys to extensions once uh, over the summer. That's a good point. If they don't, I know we're beating the crap out of the Leafs here, but if they don't make the playoff, sorry, if they don't make it out of the first round, you have to sign Austin. Like, like three days later. Yeah. Like you, you need to do that and figure out Nylander later. And he's probably going to command right. even more after that, but you got to get out of the, you, you don't get out of the first round. I don't think they have much of a choice. You give Austin whatever the hell he wants. Agreed. We talked about the goaltending before the year. So we're talking about, you know, the first round of playoffs. And of course, that's the only thing that matters to the Leafs and their fans right now. The first round, which would probably be against Tampa again this year. But we talked about the goaltender coming in. We've kind of seen Matt Murray take the crease a little bit. Dave, do you think that should continue? Because, you know, Murray's been playing a lot better than Samsonov at this point. They have some time to figure it out. Like I said, their first round matchup is pretty much locked in. They should get home ice again. But yeah. how do you see the goaltending playing out over the second half of the year? Yeah, well, I mean, look, first of all, Zach, if Tampa keeps rolling here, they, they may flop and Tampa may end up. For, but either way, you're right. I think it's going to be Toronto-Tampa by the yeah. looks of things. And we still have half a friggin' season to go, but it's <laughs> it's definitely trending that way. Um, I, they're probably going to let let Murray roll a little bit here. Like Samsonov's numbers over his career have dipped as the season kind of progresses and his numbers are better this season. And he's looked brilliant at times in the net for him. And and I thought at the beginning of the year, he would eventually take over as the number one, but Matt Murray is really, really kind of rejuvenating himself here a little bit. So I, I think from Toronto's side of things, just you ride the hot hand, like whoever it is, he gets more action and that's the end of it until he doesn't basically. So whether it's Murray or Samsonov, whoever it is, give him the keys and just let him drive. I think it's still a trial. At game 40, you're not making any decisions. Like who's playing no. the best in the last 20 games? I assume it would be Murray because he's been there before. Yeah. Won championships. But I wouldn't close the book on anybody at this point. Somebody gets hurt. Somebody gets on a heater. I mean, who saw Linus Omar come? Go what 21 1 and 1. I can saw that coming. So I think that you know, coach has a you know, luxury to say, okay, I can wait till game, you know, till late March, figure out my goaltending. Because the one thing, Zach, like, you're not going to alternate goalies in the playoffs. It just doesn't happen. Like you, you don't do that in one game. So like you, you have your best guy go out there because you don't want your second best goalie playing playoff games. Yeah. So he's going to have to make a call, I think, at game 60, game 65, and then set up his rotation and, and kind of, you know, maybe shelter that guy going to playoffs. He doesn't play too much down the stretch because they're certainly going to be in the, just be playing for seeding. No. So that's the Leafs. And uh, I just wanted to get your take because this is a really interesting team right now. And and given the game yesterday that we saw them play, uh, it was a lot of fun and it was pretty much the epitome of Leafs hockey over the last, however many years, a lot of goals and then they don't win. Um, They pretty much (laughs) put their franchise in a nutshell at this point. Um, And then Tate Thompson, uh, one more point from last week's game because, man, hat-trick, 30th goal of the year. I know he got a bit fortunate on that OT winner with the turnover behind the net, but, like, this guy 
has just shot out of a cannon. And we always knew he had the raw talent. He had the build of, a, of you know, if he could always put the skill together, given his size, even though size is kind of a, a, a debated topic at this point, you know, young players, you can't count them out, or small players, you can't count them out. But Dave, a guy like Tage at this size, at this skill, to show what he has at this point, like he could be, I don't want to say MVP because Connor McDavid plays in the league and Connor Bedard will play in the league. But he is just putting together like an incredible, like he could be a heart finalist this year, not even yeah. in future years, but even this year. He's on pace for 125 points. And I mean, he's not really slowing down. And he's doing it with all due respect to the Sabres on the Sabres. So like, this is this is remarkable. Thirty goals on the season, like you said. He's he's three back of of uh, of Connor. Um, he's just he's he's totally killing it. And you give him credit because like some players, when you get to that point and and you're you're producing at this high pace level, they kind of take the foot off the gas a little bit and just kind of chill, and then press it again. You go through a stretch like he's just continuously rolling. Yeah, and that's why for me, like when he's playing. If I have an opportunity to pick him up, it's a safe bet. I mean, he might not hit every single night, but he's probably going to hit two out of three. That's a win. So if I can go into a week batting 667 on my picks, and he's a big part of that, I'm going to do that. So, like, this guy is just continuously creating offense, creating opportunities. He's always around the net. He's always sniffing around. I give him a ton of credit. And – um Look good on him. And you're right. If he keeps this up, he's probably not going to win the heart. But a finalist, I mean, looking at the numbers, you're looking at probably Austin, Robertson, Thompson right now. I guess you can make an argument on Carlson's side of things, too, because he's on pace for over 100 points. So that's a, that's a good one. It's a tough year with all these guys really kind of coming out and having their their offensive outburst party. Friggin' Nikita Kucherov is – on pace for 110 as well. Like there's a lot of good players this season that you can make arguments for. And thankfully we got a whole half of a season to go to see who really steps up. Yeah. The problem with that is most, most of the division winners don't have those players. Like the, the yeah. thing that would help tape Tonsers immensely. And I'm a voter is making the playoffs. Right. But that team, I don't think they make the playoffs. So that's, but look, here's the thing, Zach. Normally, how do you stop a score in this league? Oh, you lay a body on them. Well, what's a six foot one, 100, 215 pound defender do against Tate Thompson? Nothing. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Sorry. I'm going to score a goal here. So he's, he, I go back to a couple of weeks ago when he was on TNT and they were measuring the shot and he took that 100 mile an hour slap shot and put it in the back of the net. And he's six foot seven. So how do you defend this guy with a, a powerful shot and with moves in, in tight around the net? Like that combination of skill. Like, yeah, he should be scoring 30 goals. I'm being a little facetious at 30 goals in half the season. But how do you stop that player? I think what you do is you try to limit him at this point, like Connor McDavid, and make sure the other guys around him don't score. Because right now he's unstoppable because of that huge shot and his size and his skill around the net. It's a, it's a deadly combination for this player who's emerged once traded from, you know, St. Louis. And, and that's a trade that worked for both teams, right? I mean, that that's – I oh the only thing that the Sabres got back for Ron O'Reilly was Tage Thompson. Well, now that's not such a good okay. take. Eighteen months ago, it was a, it was a it was a pretty good take. So, but yeah, this play is, is is certainly dangerous and a reason why Buffalo has a puncher's chance to make the postseason. Hundred point guy and a Stanley Cup. Like I think that that was a pretty good trade. It took a while for yeah, him to get here, but 
I think both teams, honestly, I think St. Louis makes that trade yeah. any day of the week. Yeah. yeah. And, and don't forget Vladimir Zabok, uh, Saboko was in that deal. He's probably been the best of the three. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Playing. Berglund said, I'm out. Patrick Berglund said, the hell with this. Yeah. Um, so, it's a favorite American city, Buffalo. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, so let's get into tonight's games. These odds brought to you by BetStamp. BetStamp shows you the odds from every sports book in one spot. You can always get the best value when betting. Check out BetStamp.app today or download the BetStamp app on Android or iPhone. Let's start with the New Jersey Devils once again. Seems that them and the Ducks are always playing on these Wednesdays. So we get a lot of time to talk about these two fun teams. The Ducks are so much fun. Uh, so let's start with the Devils. Uh, they're minus 165 at Detroit. Plus one twenty-five, and that uh, we're liking the, the the Red Wings right now, right? They got it to OT to get Dave's prop to hit. They got my Larkin props to hit last week with the goals and the shots. Uh, but right now, it is looking like an absolute goal show right now in Detroit. They've won three of the last four. They've scored nineteen goals over that span. New yeah. Jersey on the flip side, they've lost two of the last three, Dave, and uh, that includes that wild shootout loss uh, against Carolina on New Year's Day. Uh, Jack Hughes over in, uh, averaging, uh, I'm just going to throw out some shot numbers here. He's averaging six shots over the last week, 5.67 over the last two, and then 4.67 over the last month. So that kind of plays into my prop. Uh, but Dave, what are you looking at for Devils and Red Wings tonight? I'm keeping it simple in this one. I think New Jersey's looking at the standings, looking at how well Carolina has been playing, and they can thank the Rangers for finally getting them an, uh, an L in in or for Raleigh. Um, but um, they need to they need to kind of get things going a little bit here if they want to, you know, stay stay at least in within within home ice for for the postseason. And yeah, we got a whole half season and whatnot. But the Heeshear and Tatar are available tonight. They're probably gonna be back in the lineup. I think they pull this one off and get the W. I'm just taking them on the money line because of how well, and you said it, because of how well Detroit's playing. I'm not sure how this is going to really play out. Is it going to be a one-goal affair? Is it going to be um, – uh, is there going to be a bit of a gap? Can this go to OT like I had last week with Pittsburgh? I don't know. Um, I'm not as confident here, but I do think New Jersey pulls this one off, so I'm taking the Devils on the money line tonight. You know, it's hard to bet on the Devils with their recent play. So, I'm, And I'm, I haven't – I know you guys love the Red Wings this season, but every time I think they're a good team, they give up like 25 goals and they wind up losing three in a row. And that's because that's a developing team. So the only, yeah. I, think, I think there'll be goals in the third period. I think late, and both these teams have the ability to score in the third period. So I, I like the over a goal and a half in the third period. But I'm laying off because I'm really not in love with, with these teams. One, Detroit, the way they played all year. And New Jersey is just, as Dave's right, time's running out. And you wouldn't think yeah. that time would be running out and a team with a great start, but they, they got to turn it now. I'm not sure. I'm not so confident because of offensive, the offensive prowess. Detroit will do that. So I do like the over in the third period in this game. Yeah, no, you're not wrong at all. There are a lot of hot Metro teams behind them that are starting to creep up. Yeah. Um, you know, for the uh, for the Red Wings, we'll have to see. They are playing better. They're scoring a lot of goals. But at the end of the day, this is a team that's still in, in reconstruction mode. So uh, we will see with the Devils and the Red Wings tonight. Uh, Tampa minus 105, Minnesota minus 115. The Bolts played yesterday. It's a bit of a shaky win. They hit a number of posts, but they got the 4-1 win in Chicago. Uh, Minnesota's been off. It's going to be Vasilevsky against Gustafson. And an interesting thing I saw with the, the Wild, I was kind of just going through their games and seeing what kind of game they've been playing lately. I've been watching the games. But over the last nine wins, they've given up just eight goals. And then in their four losses, 19 goals. So 
if they're giving up probably two or three tonight, I would say they're going to lose DB Wild and Lightning tonight. What are you looking at? Yeah, I see Tampa on a back-to-back. I don't like, even though it was like yeah. they could half the game because it was Chicago, right? <laughs> so, I mean, it's a short trip from Chicago, Minnesota. Minnesota plays really well at home, but they're playing Tampa. So the only thing I like, Tampa's been starting quickly in, in their – in this good streak of good play, I like Tampa score goal inside the first 10 minutes of the game, and it's the only thing I like in this game tonight, Dave. Yeah, and, and with the back-to-back, I, I'm staying off the winner tonight, but I'm going to take uh, the under six-and-a-half goals tonight, minus 125. Because um, you're right, like you, you rifled off the stats with respect to the to the Wild and then Tampa with the back-to-back, and yeah, it was Chicago, so they didn't really have to go all out in that one, but I, I just don't think we're going to see – a flurry of goals, um, you know, tonight as he sits on the bench. Sorry, bad pun. Um, but uh, I'm going – I'm taking the under in that one. But I am going to take a combo prop. Kirill Kaprizov and Braden Point each to score at least a goal tonight. It's at plus 400. I don't think there are going to be many goals, but I'm banking on both of those guys popping one in tonight. So I'm going with a combo bet on that one. How long did you take to think of that flurry? Pun. On the spot, on the spot, yeah, okay. and as I said, I it, want to cur- there was one might deep, want to do some show prep. There was Four, deep disappointment not. inside. You, I don't know if you saw it. I think I like closed my eyes inside a little bit. That's why I had to acknowledge it. Yeah. It was my okay. bad. Um, okay, just checking. I'll try not checking to do it again. Good. At least you didn't invest a lot of time. That's good. No, no, on the spot and just like, ah, oh, you idiot. All right, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Not, not everybody can be that witty and quick. Always sticking up for him, Zach. It's okay. Yeah, I got it. We got a big game tonight against the Americans, right? Exactly. exactly. That's it. Yeah, prepping. Yeah, that's that. My mind's there. Uh, third game is uh, Dallas minus two hundred. Who you saw yesterday, DB at the Ducks yeah. one seventy. So uh, just as mentioned, Dallas played yesterday. They got the three uh, two loss against Phoenix Copley mm-hmm. and the LA Kings. The Ducks one and four right now on this current homestand. They only have two goals in their last two games. Good thing is that they're going to be playing Wedgwood tonight. And his last game wasn't uh, back at, back on uh, December 17th was the last time he played. He gave up five mm-hmm. goals in that game. So it's going to be a little bit weird. Of course, we talk about the back-to-back, but it's a quick trip from LA over to Anaheim. So DB, uh, your takes on this mm-hmm. game and then also what you saw from the Stars yesterday because you were pretty impressed. Yeah, even though they lost, that was a playoff game last night um, between yeah. Dallas and, and L.A. And L.A. found a way to win Phoenix Copley. What is he, 10-1 and one now or something like that? It's just he stayed their Crazy. season. But Dallas is deep. They're big. They're tough around the net. Uh, great defense. Uh, Ottinger is there making big saves. Uh, this is a team that go come back to the cup final, boys. They, they can get out of the West without any question. I watched them last night. Jason Robertson's a savage goal scorer. They've got depth. Uh, they're smart. They don't beat themselves. And the Pete board effect. Remember, every first year he comes in, teams do great things. After that, not so much. So, yeah, this is a deep, dangerous team. Impressed. Uh, very much impressed. And Dave knows that I'm a big horse guy and percentage of a couple of horses. So I, I've laid off the other two games, but I'm, I'm saddling up for this game. Because this is because it's Dallas and I own horses. So that's the thing. I'm saddling up on this, this game. First of all, the Ducks are awful. They're losing this game. They're losing it by more than one goal. Okay, so I like Dallas on the puck line. Um, there's going to be a lot of goals in this game because de- the Ducks, save for a, a big John Gibson performance once every seven games, they give up a lot of goals. Yep. Okay, so the over in the period, over a goal and a half, they might win seven to three. Um, and the final one, um, I even believe in this team so much that I'm going to do an anytime goal from Rupe Hintz, which is something I don't usually do. 
So Dallas to win on the puck line, the over goal and a half in the third period, and Rupe hits the score goal any t- uh, against the, uh, the the defensively challenged Ducks. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with pretty much all of that. Um, I'm taking because I do think it's going to be a few more. And I think it's a rebound game for Dallas um, to get to kind of just get them back on track here. They probably stayed in Orange County anyway throughout the trip. So just bus ride after the game, 40 minutes. Good to go. Um, I'm taking them on the puck line, minus a goal and a half. So I, I think Dallas is going to come. I don't know if it's going to be a blowout type game, and I, I don't think it will be, but I do th- I do have enough confidence they'll win by two plus. So I'm taking Dallas um, on the puck line, a minus a goal and a half. And I'm also taking an anytime goal scorer. I was flipping and flopping with, with Jason Robertson and Joe Pavelski. I'm leaning on, jo- on, on Joe's side. So I'm going Pavelski for an anytime goal, plus 165 tonight. Um, I'm just liking that one. Can't go wrong with Pavs. And you also can't go wrong with going against the Ducks on the puck line. I did that, what, three straight weeks? And Aiden Hill screwed me. So, you know, that's an Aiden Hill problem, whatever. I'll take that loss, even though I I came out on top last week overall. Um, DB, your best bets and best prop bets, we talked about them, but let's just recap them here in this segment quickly. Yeah, uh, prop bet is going to be Rupe Hintz anytime goal. Um, Love Dallas tonight on the puck line. And then Tampa... Uh, a goal in the first 10 minutes tonight against Minnesota at XL Energy Center. Uh, I'm, I'm just emphasizing, I don't know if you can hear, my dogs are howling. So they, they, love, they love those picks. They, they, they love, love my picks, picks, picks Stevie. Yeah, yeah. They're, exactly. They're just, oh, now they're really rolling. Um, Kaprizov and Point, combo goal scorers tonight in the Tampa mini game. So I'm going with Kaprizov and Point, each to score a goal tonight, plus 400 uh, in that one. And then... Uh, the Devils on the money line. They're going nuts. The Devils on the – they love this one too. I think they're more they excited. Love the show. They love the show. Devils on the money line the over uh, Detroit tonight. I think that one's my best one. I'll go over 15 minutes that Dave's dogs will still bark, uh, be barking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, I hope I'm not. I'm the under. It's, it's plus money. I got to go with my value. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to – I'm just going to – I'm going to stick with Jack Hughes. I did the same thing with Larkin last week. Anytime goal and then the over prop shot. So Jack Hughes, anytime goal, plus 200, then over uh, three and a half shots, which is minus 155. And I don't have a winner in this Devils and Red Wings game. It's a little bit sketchy like we were talking about. But uh, I'm going to take the over six and a half in that game between the Devils and the Red Wings, which is minus 115. Uh, Dave, I'll let you get to your dogs. Here, I'll just – I muted it so everyone can hear. I don't know if you can – Hold on. He's got to go. You guys hear that? Sounds... <laughs> yeah. this is, there's a new sense of urgency in their voices. They're, they're, Good job, Huskies. They're, they're trying to get pucks deep. There's more sense they of urgency. <laughs> <laughs> and they probably saw a rabbit or something running around. So, yeah. fun times. Go to your thing, DB. You too. Guys, enjoy the World Junior game today. Enjoy the NHL game. It's going to be a great day of hockey. And uh, it even starts right now. There's relegation on. So if you want to watch exactly. that, you can go ahead and do that. <laughs> Thanks for watching. And let's continue this hot streak, guys. The, the Wednesday yeah. team, like we said, up 12 units recently. Let's just keep going. This is this has been a hot streak, and we're, we're certainly feeling it. So uh, let's keep doing it. For all of us here oh, at have a great Wednesday, and we will see you tomorrow.